Ready? NPR does what Donnie does. <laughs> and Donnie, they could have made this clear. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 18-4, right? Four? Do you remember? Episode number. Four, yeah, I got it right here. Um, and <laughs> we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm petting a cat. And he's petting a cat. That's my that's my friend, Pernell. Where's the cat? Down on the floor. Oh, okay. I have really long arms. <laughs> cats on floors. He's very happy about that. Um, every week we hang out and we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations and all hardware and all games. Uh, so today's episode is every single game. Every game. It kind of, <laughs> well, not every game. Not every but, game, but. But there's a large quarth of them because whereas normally we come up with a theme or a topic of some sort, this one is a topic that I thought up specifically because I wanted documented listings of all the games that Rob needs to get to that he might not or won't, mm-hmm. but he should. So, I, yeah. The, yeah. And I remember I just joked. I it was a joke last week that I would put real money on the line. It was just it was just for fun. It no, was just, it wasn't. It was just for no, laughs. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. There's money here. <laughs> There's real money now. There's real money. All right, you I'll, gotta play these games or uh, some of them or one of them. I gotta pay for them too. But you're supporting <laughs> the artists who I, make I the know, games. I know. I know. I know. That's that's important. Bread and butter on the table. Yeah, don't copy that floppy. Pay pay the artists. Now, the funny thing is that um, when the original concept was brought to light, mm-hmm. we didn't discuss anything about it. Because, again, it started out as a joke that went beyond that. Oh, we should say the topic this uh, the topic this week is... It's games that Rob should play. Yeah, because I, I don't play a lot of games. I should play more games because you know, we talk about them every week. Like, every week we talk about video games. And every week I just play like the same two or three. This actually has me thinking what the Patreon theme will be, too, but that'll bring up at the end of the episode. Mm. Oh, yeah. The Patreon theme could be the same concept, but let the patrons decide. Yeah, we don't always have a theme for our Patreon episodes. Usually it's like, hey, what's cool? You know, what's good? Yeah, but this is is almost similar. It's just, Mm. hey, what games do you think either of us should be playing (laughs) at some point in our lives? Um, But originally, since we didn't discuss the matter of how this would work, I uh, thought yeah. at first I thought maybe I'll be picking every track, which doesn't seem right. No, but then there was the potential for a different idea, and I'm glad that Rob thought of it on his own. Yes, because I showed up and he was yes. like, "I did this thing." So this week, Pernell is picking tracks that I should pl- uh, tracks from games that he wants me to play that I should be playing that mm. I would enjoy, and I picked <laughs> I picked from games that I haven't played yet that I've been meaning to play that I want to that I really want to. And that is a very good um, structure there, though. It's funny in the sense that, um, like, I have these tracks, and when I selected them, I tried to be... It's weird in the sense that I tried to make it games that he could easily access today Mm -hmm. through, like, purchasable means. Like, if you were to say, I want to go buy it right now, it would be easy for you to do with the hardware you possess. Yeah, it's not like right some, now. some crazy like PS2 game that hasn't been like re-released anywhere, and I have to like find the console that's somewhere in my basement, and then exactly. I have to find that game which I probably sold. Exactly. I put <laughs> yeah. some thought into this. I appreciate that. Um, that's good. So um, we're recording later in the week, which is kind of different, and, and it's morning. Not morning. It's afternoon, and it's torrential downpour. Yeah, it's, it's raining. This flood conditions actually. So we braved nature to get yeah. this thing going. Pernell, you might get stuck here. It's true. 
But then I'll never get the right. I got to write. I got things to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got some writing to do. Yeah, just a little bit, but I'll get around to it, I'm sure. Okay. But, like, it's, this this should be a fun time, and I'm looking forward to gabbing about the goob and actually <laughs> talk about games that aren't new for a little bit, because I'm, I'm, I'm knee-deep, and, like, I got to talk about this thing. I got to talk about this game that you should get now, but these are games from the past. Yeah, now let's get into a serious, like, probably the, I don't know about you have. It's always a surprise to me, but here's a game from the, the furthest past that I have. This is Super Metroid oh. for the Super Nintendo. And this is the Norfair Ancient Ruins. And I have always been meaning to play Super Metroid. Because, like, I like platformers, and people say this is, like, the best, like, one of the best ones ever made. Like, one of the coolest, like, Metroid games, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really finished a Metroid game. And... Like, okay, any no, Metroid no, no, no. game? I've, like, I've only ever played Metroid, the first Metroid. And I never finished it. Like, the Metroid for NES. So yeah, so but Super Metroid's supposed to be amazing, so I should try this. I should get an emulator, do something. So here it is. This is the Norfair Ancient Ruins from Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. This is the Norfair Ancient Ruins from the game Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo, composed by Kenji Yamamoto and Manako Hamano. So this track mm-hmm. here, yeah, we were talking earlier about... Dark, man, it's dark. It's definitely Metroid. Like, <laughs> whenever <laughs> yeah. like, I think of Metroid music, with the exception being uh, Metroid 2's uh, overall, I call it just the main map theme, 
Um, all of the music in Metroid games, none of it really feels like I want to listen to it in my car, <laughs> or like I want to just bump it. It's more atmospheric. Yeah, it's just, there's no like like there's not like a strong like video gamey melody. There's nothing. Yeah, it's atmospheric. And there's a kind of a melody here, but it's just. But it's interesting too because while I don't like I said I don't get that sense of listening to it outside the game when I'm playing this game, I like going to Norfair hearing music play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i like the tunes like it works for the game and it makes me want to hear it while i'm there but just not anywhere else so like now out of curiosity because i'm already shocked that you've never played super metroid <laughs> That's true. yeah yeah but you may have mentioned it on a previous episode it's mean, eluding me but we don't we don't talk about metroid a lot <laughs> i don't know probably, probably <laughs> because of what we just said like the, <laughs> the music doesn't really scream play me outside of the game if you're not metroid 2 i know but i see artwork of it and i see gameplay of it and i'm like oh that looks so neat i should just play i should play super metroid sometime i just i never have also i uh-huh. figured just by virtue of the whole existence of like metroidvania existing <laughs> yeah and a, for a person to say i've never played metroid yeah. or i've never played castlevania symphony of the night to not have played either of those mm. games in the world where they've combined the two into a genre. I've played Symphony of the Night a lot. Like, I've, I've started that game so many times, but I've never actually finished that one. Nah. Um, but I, I, like, I do like it a lot. And, like, when, when games have, like, a Metroidvania style to it, um, like Axiom Verge, I've really loved that game. And, yeah, but I've, I've never... Which, from what I understand, Axiom Verge is like, a, is, like, a love letter to Super Metroid. It looked... Visually, it totally mm. is. It totally is from a visual perspective. Yeah, so there's really no reason why I'm not going to like this game. So this is on my list. It's on my stack. And it's funny because I played through this mm-hmm. via rental many years ago as a child. But it's been so long ago yeah. that I am fairly positive that I could play it today and remember nothing about <laughs> it. Except for the stupid animals that teach you how... Well, I don't want to call the animals stupid. Except for that one who teaches you how to do the wall jump. But basically, the way the game teaches you how to do certain moves mm-hmm. is rather than, say, have a character in the corner go, press A to jump, you'll have an animal, like a resident of the planet, yeah. doing a thing. Oh. And you'll just see this animal doing it. Like, Can I do that, too? And oh. you're like, wait a minute. I can't do that. I like that. That's a really cool idea. It's like, oh. I remember it was like a bird who taught you how to do like the speed boost. There's <laughs> so this, this like weird, like... I want to say kind of like a flamingo almost. Mm-hmm. He's like sprints across the screen and then he does like the shot up. You're like, wow, that is an awesome bird. I oh, can do what the bird just did. I also watched this game through um, speed runs on Awesome Games Done Quick because it's always that big thing at the end of the the weekend or the week that they do uh, the speed running um, marathon mm-hmm. for charity. But they always play Super Metroid and there's always money being stopped. Like people are are, are donating money towards the goal of should the player um, kill the animals or let the animals live at the end of the game. Really? So, th- like, at the end of the game, I guess you, like, you blow up the planet or the spaceship that they're on. Or Metroid? Super Metroid. I do remember you having to escape in some way. Right. So, like, and it's been so long. And there's, like, a room with all of the animals hanging out in it. And so to save the animals, you go in there and, like, you can, like, you go in there essentially like leave the door open so they can they can escape and then other speedrunners will just like run right past it i need to go back to this game but like they don't so they don't actually like escape it's just like oh they know you freed yeah, them yeah, yeah you know like he took care of them right like I, I think i would probably do it without even thinking about it i'm like wait a minute 
There's animals on this planet. Like, I should take care of the animals. Well, I think normally... Not everything is I, evil trying to kill me. Well, I think typically I wouldn't even expect that to be a thing that existed. Like, if you're trying to escape, your logic is just, all right, I'm getting off the planet. You're not going to think, can I save the animals? <laughs> My can logic I is... Alright. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. There's the clock in the corner, not... I wonder how many animals I can reach throughout this map. It never clicks for me. Now, of course, if there's an indication that you can do it, then of course, yeah, I'm going to take that shot. But I yeah. wouldn't have expected them to design that opportunity into the game. I don't think it's design. I think it's or just programming. They're just there. They're just they're just there's a room where the animals happen to be having a tea party. Yeah. But okay, so Super Metroid, right? That's a pretty good, pretty good I, game put on the list. Yeah, I would say it's my, a very important one if you've never played it at all. <laughs> my, my fear is I'm going to pick a game that you're like, why are you going to play that? You probably did, but, probably, let's, but let's get to that point. We'll cross that bridge when we get to. We'll, we'll, we'll row those ducks. Oh man, I don't like being on the spot like this. Okay, so what's what's the first game? All right, so first track I'm going to pick is from a game. Like I said, I put a bit of thought into this. I wanted it to be a game that I feel like you would actually do. But let's mm. get into the track, and I'll explain it as I go. So this track is from the game Steam World Dig. The track title is called Vectron, and the composer is Matthias. Hammering. Welcome back. You're listening to the theme Vectron from the game Steam World Dig, composed by Matthias Hammer. So, this game, to my understanding, exists is one of those exists on every current gen platform known to man: <laughs> PS4, Xbox That's One, good. Switch, Steam. Yeah, a lot of game development tools now have that you can export. They allow like they're 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 pretty much platform agnostic, um, mm-hmm. so you can you know write in the language 
of Unity or Game Maker Studio, and then you they, they'll it'll compile and export to whatever platform you, you like. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, I mean, of course, like they, they charge you. Oh yeah, but, but those it, fees. It's but, easier just to pay it and not have to worry about putting the work in, which would cost just as much, if not more. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of optimizing and stuff you have to do too after the fact, but like it's cool that. Yeah, it'll do that. But anyway, so I, I mean, I originally played this on a 3DS of all things. I'm no kidding. So I used to play that work. But uh, so Steam World Dig, why would I suggest this as a game that you should play? Heck, this is a game that I think listeners should play too. Yeah, tell, so, tell me, tell me about Steam World Dig. All I know is that it's got robots. It's a very simple concept for a game. You are a robot who has set out to a particular mining town mm-hmm. with the hopes of striking it rich in the field of mining. So you show up, you go underground, and you're in this map environment that is composed of various mounds of dirt in the form of squares, just squares. Okay. You take your pickaxe and you pick, 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 like destroy side, the mounds like of dirt. scrolling running around? Yeah, it goes up, down, left, and right. So it's not side-scrolling oh, per oh. se, but it is 2D. Okay, well, yeah, like overhead. Yeah. So well, not even overhead. I mean, literally, just it's a 2D side-scroller look. But mm-hmm. you go down. Like, oh, but you're you not go just down. going left to right. Okay, okay. So you're basically digging further and further down into this mine shaft to get to the bottom or just collect a bunch of loot. Because in certain blocks of dirt, there's gems that you mm-hmm. can pick out. And then you take it all back to the surface and you sell it for money mm-hmm. to buy gear to help you get further down the mine. So. There's this weird level of therapeutic relaxation that comes from just going into the mine, like pick, 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 pick. But there's also... Is there like danger as you go through? Yes. So two things. One, your robot has an energy gauge mm-hmm. where the longer he spends in the mine, the more it'll get depleted. And if you run out of energy, you die. Okay. So you have to know when to leave, when to go how, when to go deeper, when to leave. You give yourself enough time and, and do a listen that. Okay. In addition to that, there are monsters that show up in the mines. Sometimes you might say break a mound of dirt, and it's like weird slug will come out. Okay, and it'll do damage to you. And if you take enough damage, you'll also die. Um, but the game, I would say, also if you fall too far down, you'll take damage and potentially just die immediately. So you can't just like dig straight down and then just jump because you'll kill yourself. <laughs> so you have to be mindful of like how you build, how you dig the tunnels too. So no, okay. you can make get yourself in and out at will. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game is wonderful like i found myself constantly returning to it it's not a huge time sink so even you could play in a decent amount of time and not like you're being you know being dragged down with a a time requirement well that kind of gameplay loop is appealing to me where it's like it's almost kind of like that roguelite-ish like you know getting more items to go further in the game to get more items to kind of continue and you can kind of stop whenever you want mm-hmm. yeah and there's also like the occasional yes, like I'm into that. extra room you might discover uh-huh. in the mine might you will discover because <laughs> you'll need to find them and within those rooms there's like actual like technological upgrades to your robot and he's like how did I find this this is from like a weird lost civilization or something I don't know but anyway they give your robot new abilities like a speed dash or like a rocket jump and cool little things that just makes the exploration aspect more fun mm. and if you end up liking this game enough Steam World <laughs> Dig 2 exists which I still need to go back and complete but that game <laughs> added more and is just a fantastic title in and of itself up just wonderful and the music is like this like we i actually picked archaea before but realized i picked it on a previous episode yeah maybe like two years ago man that's how long we've been around we're overlapping from years episode but um that track is the one i originally had in mind but 
Oh. All these tracks have this similar vibe where like it sounds good, it's more atmospheric, like how we talked about Super Metroid. Yeah. But it works for the game I like, wholeheartedly. I like this thing. Um uh Keyglyph from uh the sound test roulette and from the old podcast, the VGM jukebox, they uh, her and her and uh, Josh, her co host, they used to talk about a thing called ear feel. Like like how some songs have a really they just feel good on your ears. Like all the sounds are kind of plucky or Kind of warm and this has that this has that feeling like i really enjoy listening to it yeah and like even now as we're talking yeah. during it it i like the sound of it <laughs> i like the sound of it playing in conversation mm. it works maybe we should have a there's a topic suggestion bam it just hit me like like music to play in the background at parties well yeah i was gonna call it <laughs> dinner party oh dinner party music oh dinner party music i'm writing that down Ooh, i'm writing that down <laughs> <laughs> But like yeah, it just like game music. You just like play at a party. Yeah. And like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is perfect to talk over. No, I like that a lot. Dinner party. Glad everyone got to hear that. Okay. Um, so my next track is from one that you probably wouldn't think of. It is. For, I think it's for Switch now. Switch it's also up. Steam. It is called Downwell. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So it's another game where you're, you're just I can talk about that going down a pit. But yeah, I just came back to to mind again because I, I've had it on my Steam wish list since before it came out. Because I heard about it and I was like, oh, this looks really neat. This looks right up my alley. Um, I really want to play this game. I just never got around to it, so it's always been on my list. And I've never actually went back and listened to the soundtrack, even though of course it's been out for for years now. I'm going to guess the track is not Razor Girl. Um, I don't know that song. <laughs> this is the shop music. Okay. It's called uh, Moki Yasan, and it's from the game Downwell, and it's composed by Eirik Sirke.
This is Moki Yasan, the shop music from the game Downwell. It's out there for Steam and it's for uh, probably a bunch of other systems too. <laughs> it's composed by Eirik Sertke. Like, I actually have mm. this on the PlayStation Vita of all it's things. Probably with you right now, right? Yeah, in yeah. my pocket. <laughs> um, this game, well, what, would, what made you interested in it out of curiosity? I like the style. I, I like the kind of pixely style. I, I I read that it's kind of like one of those like roguelikes of you know random stages. You're just trying to go as far as you can. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of fast paced. It is. It's very fast. Yeah, which is appealing to me. So like that kind of twitchy, fast paced, twitchy, fast paced. Um, uh, uh, not exactly a game where you're trying to get to the end, but just trying to get better at. Yeah, like I think ultimately you are going to try to get to the mm-hmm. end because I think I, I never got to the bottom, so wah. But there is a bottom to the well, to my understanding. And what I like about it, what I think may even appeal to you, mm-hmm. is that so as you descend the game, the whole the whole game is downward. There's no left to right except for right. the occasional shop or like side room you enter. Right. But as you're going down, you your shoes are gun boots. Yeah. So the game is you're going down a well. And there's monsters and things in the way. But as you fall, you have boots with guns on them and you're shooting like the dirt and the monsters and stuff below you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your shoes double as a mining tool, a killing tool, mm-hmm. and a uh, uh, propulsion deceleration tool. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So because you'll be shooting sometimes just to slow yourself down, but you oh, have a certain number of shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eventually you can't fire anymore. <laughs> so you're like, whoop, whoa, you'll just fall. So you're trying to like best pace yourself because also guys and... Monsters will drop things you want to collect, and sometimes you'll find stuff in the brush you destroy. So if you fall too fast, you'll miss them. You'll, you'll miss them. Oh, okay. And then when you get to these shops, you can't afford your sushi to get your health back mm-hmm. or yeah. new guns for your boots. Yeah, this, this one's definitely been on my radar because it sounds it sounds right up my alley. It sounds like a lot of fun. It looks really cool, and it's not expensive because it's a smaller like title. Yeah, I think it's like three bucks. Sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty inexpensive. Like that's definitely not the problem. It's and just it's, I just never got around to it. And I like the, it looks the, neat. The gra- it's graphically minimal. Like it's yes. just black and white with occasional splots of red. Yeah, that's that's what's appealing to me too. Uh, like minute was kind of like that, right? Yes, yeah. and that was what partly what drew me to minute too, aside from the, just the ridiculously cool concept, but uh, just the graphical style mm-hmm. too, because. I like when companies go, yeah, we could do this, mm-hmm. but let's not. We or could like, do uh, our own thing instead. Um, like you were playing uh, Baba is You. Yeah. And that's like, it's very minimal, very like just, you know, primary colors almost and shapes, but like together, it's like, it just gets out of the way so you can solve this cool puzzle. It works yeah. so well, man. It's really neat. I am a fan of it. Okay. I, I'm a fan of this song because every little break, it's a little like little knock on the door. <laughs> doot, doot. <laughs> I really like it. And it's really simple. Like it has like just a bunch of chords, a few little sounds, and it repeats. And then like another section of different sounds, and then it repeats. And then it combines the two, and it repeats. And it sounds like another. Right. See, there's another episode topic that we've already done it before, what? but might have to revisit it. But call it something consumerism or something. Oh no, another shop music. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. we call consumerism. Consumerism. But I have to do, do. think about how many other games I can think of that I like music from have separate shop tunes because. Mm. It's surprisingly mm-hmm. uncommon. Yeah. Like, it's common, but not. A lot of games will just say, hey, you're in a town. It's just going to share the generic indoor music or the generic village music, and yeah. nothing changes. But I like when companies go, hey, we want to give you we want to give you that shopping vibe. You know, I, I like that in um, the new game, The Messenger, the shop music, like the shops, there's the shop, and it has different music. But you're in that area so frequently 
that the music keeps cutting out from the stage music, goes to the shot music, goes back to the stage music, goes back to the shot music, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I found that a little jarring. I would have liked it if, like, maybe they had their own music, like, on events. Oh, like, only when you were there for a specific yeah, reason? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was maybe a design choice or just something like, oh, this is the music for the shop. Done deal, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, because honestly, I guess if you're playing a second time, you wouldn't go to the shop as much. I only went to the shop as much in the normal playthrough because I always wasn't sure if a new thing would be available to buy yeah, yeah, me too. or if like, a new dialogue option exists. Yeah, I'm like, oh, he's gonna, every time I went in there, he, like, he was asking for something different. And then like a few other times, he wouldn't. So like I'd, a second playthrough, I, w- I would know. Like, just going yeah. to the shop at, like, the third area, maybe all these dialogue traces will just be there to read through in mass. I would love it if you just, like, maybe, like, we wouldn't have to go and ask. He'd be like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> stop, stop. Like, you gotta, like, you have, you have to save the world. Like, and he and like, it wouldn't be out of place for the guy to be like, um, stop wasting time. <laughs> Get back to work, Get back ninja. to work, ninja. All right, so what's what's the next game? All right, so I have a game, but I didn't, sh- I'm, I'm having trouble choosing the track okay. because... Technically, it could be one deck track that sounds more like something I listen to, and then the other track is like, well, Rob would like this track. So, <laughs> and I'm having trouble choosing which is the well, most. Yeah, you gotta sell me on these games. Crap. So in that case, I'll go with the track that you'd probably like more. Yes. So this is from the game DJ Max Respect. Oh, okay. And the track title is called Bullet Wanted, and the composer from the game is called Mycin T. like that laugh that comes <laughs> at the very end i was like waiting for it oh that's funny but the track title that you just listened to is called bullet wanted from the game dj max respect and the composer for it is named mice and t so dj max respect exists on the ps4 as a downloadable game which means rob has access to it pretty easily <laughs> yeah and this game has been on my radar for a while that's good to hear yeah it means that if it comes up on sale i have to keep it in mind to let you know mm. um but so fun fact I, well, you listeners would know this already, but Rob and I don't typically listen to the same kind of music. So when it comes down to rhythm games, that is no exception. Oh, yeah. Which means yeah. that I'll be playing like the rock tracks and Rob is listening to like the electronica or like drum and bassy type stuff. Mm-hmm. So. And this is like in between. Yeah, this is like a nice middle ground where I'm like, okay, I like this track because it's a track that I have, a, I have like five tracks I wrote down and 
two or three of those, which I was like, Rob wouldn't like those, but I like them. So I wanted to make sure I picked a track that would be a better sell towards him. Mm. So, well, mission accomplished, man. This is cool. So this is like a, um, it's it's a lot like Beat Mania, where it's like you have lanes of notes, which are just lines falling down, mm-hmm. and then you have to press the button when they reach the bottom. And yep, like in Beat Mania, when you do that, it it actually makes the noises for the music. And, and, I think and you kind of does that in this, does in this game too, yes. But but this is for the PlayStation, and there's no there's no dedicated controller. That's correct. So, so it's designed it, to be played with a controller. Like a so it's all controller. it's all like finger gymnastics. Then it's like your hands are all over the place. Oh yeah, and it's, it's surprisingly enjoyable. Like I remember back in the day with old pop music and beat manias, I was like, oh yeah, 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 be yeah, so yeah. much more fun with the official controller. And while that is a hundred percent the case for me with pop music. I honestly never felt that way with Beat Mania. Like, mm. even though I like Beat Mania and I know those games are generally designed to play with the keys, like in that exact fashion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been a fan of the scratch when it comes to playing hard songs. Oh, yeah, because it yeah. throws me off. Oh, well, yeah, me too. I think a lot of people feel that way because it follow it falls like a note normally, but you don't actually have to move it any direction or speed. You just sort of touch it. You gotta flick it. You gotta flick it, and then and then it counts as a note. Now the only tried. Now we're getting like super music game nerdy, but they only tried to actually do something with that with DJ Hero for the PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. which was a great idea. Well, I think DJ Hero in and of itself executed it all better because oh yeah yeah like Beat Mania was just here's this theme, <clears throat> but we're not adhering to it at all. We're just saying press a bunch of buttons oh, to yeah. the beat. Yeah, go mad with the buttons. But like, but there's a turntable here, but it doesn't. It just it's it's almost just there for show. Yeah, like but, another you know, option to flick yeah. another button. Well, like with DJ Hero, it was like here's a crossfader. You have to do stuff with that, and then there's the buttons were actually on the turntable, so that you hit the buttons and you can actually scratch with it. Mm-hmm. My only problem with that game was those buttons were like so stiff mm-hmm. that if you try to hit them, you ended up like moving the whole thing around. It was just it was to me it was a great idea, not executed well enough. Yeah, but that's the saddest reality because and it was also things. the end of, of the rhythm game, like kind of like the whole rock band rhythm game craze. Now you got me wondering, like, uh, I don't think it was quite DJ Hero that signified that DJ Hero was a hard sell, though, because mm-hmm. the music was very tailored yes. towards club DJing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. whereas, like, say, rock band was here's a bunch of popular hits you like. Just playing with these fake instruments, and then Guitar Hero is a bunch of hits you like. Play with these fake instruments. Yeah, but then again, here we go. No, but DJ Hero was more exactly. drilled down. It wasn't here are your favorite songs. Is here are these club mixes that well, most of you have probably never heard of. Well, but I hope that you'll like playing. <laughs> well, I like a lot of that music, but you wouldn't hear that music in Rock Band. Oh yeah. Like, so like they were trying to have like both ways, and again, the idea with the controller was great. Oh, also the crossfader clicked in the center. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with the crossfader. Come on, son. <laughs> well, they, well, the click has to be there for the for the average Joe, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like when you click, when you move it, the click indicates you were in another area. You were in center. You were yeah. doing a different thing. Yeah. Like without that click, I'd have been boned for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to me, I got more proficient with DJ Hero as I played it, and I started to like it more. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I still found myself going, "Okay, I like this mix. I like this mix," but. I'm not digging these. Okay, so why why DJ Max Respect? It's been on my radar, but I, I've I haven't like sat down and played it because I watch playthroughs of it. And I'm like, oh, that looks great, but I don't know if I really want to get into more rhythm games that are not my feet. So tell me tell me why I should get into this. What, what's so different? Well, from first this of one? all, there's something to be said about playing a rhythm game that's not with your feet. <laughs> so like 
DDR and yeah. Pump and all those gays to me. Yeah. I like the music and I like the movement, but they're more about the exercise for me than okay. anything yeah. else. That, yeah, that's fine. That makes Sometimes sense. Sometimes I want to play a game that involves music where the notes are more intricate mm-hmm. in okay. a way that your feet aren't going to mimic. Because honestly, let's be blunt. With a lot of music games... Your feet should not be doing what the song's doing because it's more than that. Like you're going beyond general like rhythmic dance or movements. Yeah. But if I want to get minute and down to like hitting every granular granular note, well, I have some charts I could show you later. But <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I know that I know there are charts that do it. But there's a level of skill but, that you have to reach before you can. It's not even just that. Yeah. It's like it's not. It doesn't yeah. have a sense of naturalness. It's okay. like oh, you yeah. are clearly just like this is stop. More- Stop and go bonkers this, here. This is more like playing an instrument. Yeah, this yeah, feels I more like you. I am playing the notes with my fingers, and since it feels more like, yeah, it doesn't feel. It feels like it makes more sense to do it with ten, like four, eight fingers and two thumbs <laughs> than two feet. You know what? I respect that. I max respect that. Oh, uh, DJ man, <laughs> I respect that <laughs> to I, the max. To the max, DJ. So with this game, mm-hmm. you are doing that. With that, what I'm describing there, okay. you can base it on how well you're, how good you are at the game. You can do four keys, six keys, and eight keys. Right. And of course, depending on how good you are, determines how high up you decide to go up the chain. The variety of tracks in the game before you even bother with DLC is massive. It's like, I want to say it's like 150 to 200 tracks in the game before you buy any. Wow. So, All right. So, so like, so the initial investment is still really high. Yes. It's really like good. You get a good number of music tracks good, in there. Good. Okay. And All it's right. a variety that's there enough that lets you say, hey, these are tracks that Purnell might like that Rob might not. But here's some tracks that Rob might like that Purnell won't. All so right. there are like tracks right. on mine that I won't even I haven't even touched and I won't bother until I'm going for scores. Mm-hmm. But uh by the same token, that's the beauty of it. I want that variety in my music game. I want to be able to say these tracks were like have my name on them. And these I don't care about, but whatever, because they're not all going to be tracked for one person. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I feel like as a rhythm game player who predominantly sticks with DDR, I feel like there's an interesting need or a desire to say, okay, here's for the feet. Now, here's play this game. We just want to test score. Plus, I can compete with your damn scores. Okay. If you're playing DJ Mass Respect... I could actually go. There's a score he he got for. I can shoot for that. Oh, okay. And uh, you're playing this on. It's only it's only PS4. Yeah, it's only on PS4. Okay. So okay. I can compare Let's scores see. and go. Here's a score. Uh, oh, okay, he did okay, this okay, on okay. that song. Let me see I what I can you, do. I got Crack you. my knuckles. Yeah. And, um, but it's just it's a genuinely fun, fun game. Like hmm. I I've been following this franchise, the DJ Max franchise, since 2008 with DJ Max Fever. And that reminds me, I gotta do something. Shoot. I'll, I'll tell you about that at the end of the episode. But, no, um, we've, we've got a thing coming up. Yeah, yeah. I got to get off my butt and do some things. Yeah, me too. Tonight, mm-hmm. but um, hey, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Like this game, I highly recommend to you, and I think you would greatly appreciate and enjoy it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 into this. I think I think I'm getting I think I'm getting into this one. All right, so my last game should come to really no surprise. It's not Persona Five. <laughs> it's um, it's Undertale. Undertale, I remember first seeing it when it was on PC and being like, oh, this is amazing. Everyone's talking about it. My cousin, uh, Rachel, she's like super into this game. She's like, you got to try it. You got to play this game. You play this game. I still have not played it. It finally came out on PlayStation 4 and I'm like, it's on, like I had it like on my, um, in my cart, my, my download cart and I just never <laughs> bought it. And I really should play this game. It looks great. It's got a mixture of RPG stuff. It's got a mixture of 
like bullet hell dodging because that's how like the the fighting system works. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I should play this game. And the soundtrack is fantastic. We played a lot of the music on the show. So this is a track called Another Medium from the game Undertale, and it's composed by Toby Fox. This is another medium from the game Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. This cool, right? <laughs> really nice. I, I I really really love the music in this game. It's a good mixture of that kind of chiptune sounds with mm-hmm. like a lot of those pure square waves and things, with a lot of cool instrumentation. It's kind of funny that this you chose this track for this episode because what it indicated to me mm-hmm. is that I have made a grave error that I need to correct this, this actual week. I'm not even making that up. It's going to be done this week. So, you might not remember this, but... Uh, I'm so confused now. <laughs> well, it'll make sense on? once I say it. Okay, okay. So, All I right, want right. to say maybe two Christmases ago, one of our listeners, I remember this exactly, got okay. this for me for Christmas because of me talking about how I never got around Undertale oh. and never dabbled or anything. You actually received this as a gift, yes. and then you haven't played it. Yeah, because life's well, yeah, happened. Sure. But I'm going to fix that this week. Okay. I'm going to start that copy, which means that's a good indicator for you to start it too. Yes. Yeah. This. This. I need to play this. Game. This could be a rhythm 
<laughs> what do you know? Impromptu. Rhythm and Pixels game of the month is Undertale. <laughs> Undertale, it should be. Um, and it's also, it's also like an RPG style game. Maybe um, Christy will be into it too. Yeah. We'll play it together. Um, it's such like, a wacky game. That's not Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Please, James, <laughs> if that if anything happens from this episode. Is that I stop playing Final Fantasy X? Never going to happen. Well, not never play it again, <laughs> but... <laughs> inject other games into it like I yeah I, I think I, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong uh, I'm not I have nothing against replaying games in fact I think games are meant to be replayed okay yeah. they're not one and done mm. but I think somewhere over the years just because of the whole like problem with me trying to play more than I have time for I lost the ability to play a game more than once but with that said the amount of times you guys have played through Final Fantasy X... I know, like an 80-plus hour RPG. The amount of times I've spent... <laughs> yeah, and I would also gamble that your play styles haven't deviated much from each play guy either. Like, like oh. this is always a certain type no, of no, guy. No, no, no. Um, our, our latest playthrough is a little different. I mean... A very little I Tidus is still like super super fast but we made Waka like the strongest beast on earth and I don't know why but I thought you always made him strong like he was always strong but in this game like he one shots everything mm. and it's I love watching him throw what's essentially a basketball at somebody and seeing them explode <laughs> like <laughs> I love the idea of like the magic Jordan of the, the magic Jordan of Blitzball <laughs> throwing a basketball at somebody until they die. Like, yeah. like that, that sounds like a soulless sanctuary. Like, that's, a sport. <laughs> that's a soulless sanctuary image if I ever heard one. Just like the guy just throwing the ball and it's like it's like but he's got like a cannon arm <laughs> and like he becomes like this like weird mecha waka. No, it's and they just over exaggerate everything like our secret weapon lies in the back. No, like or, um, like someone else in the village is like, hey Waka, over here I'm open. He's like, okay. Thump. Nine, <laughs> nine 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 damage. <laughs> it's like dead. Well, like, he like turns to jelly. That would be hysterical. Yeah, man. But like, so is that the reason why you have a personal t interest in playing this game yourself? Is because you feel as though it's a an RPG that would hit those notes? I yeah, a, a part yeah, part of it definitely is because um, you know playing with my wife would be really good, and um, it's has a lot of replay value because there's a lot of different ways to play the game and a lot of different ways to finish the game. I think they're even meant to be played in all those ways, yes. which means there's your replay yeah. session there. You can actually play the game in mm -hmm. a completely different way. Because uh, there's the pacifist run, there's the chaotic run, and there's just the however like a, you want to play There's a run. genocide run. Yes, but it's genocide. Yeah, so there's different ways to play the game and there's different different things. There's like optional bosses and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. I know that... Um, when the bosses attack, you're kind of like a little heart, and you kind of do like a bullet hell kind of maze thing. I know that's something that Christy won't be as into as much, but in the art style, I'm not so sure about, but it looks like something I really want to play. It might be one of those cases where the art style might be the might not be the hook, but the dialogue mm -hmm. is. Yeah, I've heard I've heard too much about this game to not to not want to play this one like pretty. And the music is so so good. Oh, that's my phone. <laughs> 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 that's uh yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, Undertale, everyone who heard me say that I had not played this game yet, they're all like, what? Well, at this point, listeners to this show can't be surprised what? because they know you. <laughs> they know that you haven't played a lot of games. I know, I haven't played a lot, and I, but I know a lot about them. I do watch a lot of Let's Plays on YouTube, which is sad. I should just play the darn game. But I do. That's what I do. I have, I have questioned that, but then I've come to accept that I just come <laughs> from a generation that... 
it won't click. It's almost like, well, I won't even want because I can't even think of like oh, what you mean, it's like, like watching a let's play. Like, yeah, like instead of playing it yourself, like I can see jumping around, and I've even rationalized like different reasons. Like, why would I watch a let's play? Okay, it's a game that is too difficult for me, well, so I'll watch a pro do it. Oh, uh, you and need like experience. A, you're looking for a reason. Well, There's no reason. So well, like, there is a reason. When you were a kid, were you the kid with the controller? Yes. See, I was, I was always the kid with the controller. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's a reason right there. Like I was always my friends with the game consoles, or my brother had the controller, so I was always watching. Because people not would always, say, but I was watching more times than not. I was a watcher. The beast was like widget, boom, <laughs> widget the world Way watcher. Past cool, <laughs> yeah, um, much cooler. But like the idea, much, much cooler <laughs> than I was when I was 14. Because <laughs> the idea behind in the neighborhood was that all the different kids in the neighborhood had their own various game consoles, <laughs> and we were the family that had an absurd number of games. Clarifying, not because we had money, but because we had an uncle who was a teenager with a job. Yeah, no, that, simple that's as that. Then <laughs> that's great. Um, but what would happen was the different kids would play their own respective games, and we'd all play our own games. But I was known as the pro in the neighborhood. So the if you wanted something to get done, you go to Purnell's house. Oh let yeah. Purnell play. <laughs> Purnell will beat your games for you, and uh, he'll show you the stuff you can't do. Uh, and uh, like I, I told you, everyone knows I had the neighbor who would, who would feed me ice cream to beat games for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also had the next door neighbor who I would go over and we would play like weird games. I played King's Knight and Adventures mm -hmm. of Dino Ricky and those games. I would have oh. not picked up but played because of them. Cool. But like that was how it was. So that's why I was always the guy with the controller because mm -hmm. typically Purnell was the guy being the difficult areas so we could see the endings. Yeah. I mean, only kid in able to beat X-Men on the Genesis. Screw that game. Um, but I did finish it. We hate that game so much. Um, That's so funny. That's like you and the Pernell and Matt play games. Like, it all started at the beginning. In the beginning, X-Men for the Genesis. All right, um, let's get on to your, uh, your last track. What's what's the game? I have a feeling it's Persona? No. No Persona. No. Well, that's going to be the closing track. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay. But I, if I had to choose one or the other, it would not have been Persona because I, this is a game that I don't think you'll ever play, but mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention on the episode because you should somehow. Yeah. I don't know how. Or if you read an FAQ about it. Or, I don't know, a Let's Play. I, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I see what's going on. <laughs> so this is actually going to be two tracks because I think both need to be played to get the full gist of what this area of the game entails. Okay. Um, like you can come kind of, kind of, kind of blend them together? Yeah, like that. I play them at the same time? Not at the same time. That would be horrible. <laughs> I'm just messing with you now. All right. So this is the this game is called Psychonauts, and the composer of the game is Peter McConnell. Mm -hmm. The track. Oh, I should have gone further than that. Shouldn't I? The track titles are Happy Flowers and Hagatha's Home. <laughs> Yeah. 
also, if you are still listening because you're like, what the heck did this man just pick for this show? You just listened to two tracks, one called Happy Flowers, and the other was called Hagatha's Home from the game Psychonauts, and both were composed by Peter McConnell. So, the first thing I want to clarify is what the premise of the game is, and then I'll talk about the tracks themselves. Yeah, so, so this is something that you're, this is a game that you're really passionate about, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, this was the second PC game I ever purchased, and put that in perspective, I hate generally, even well for years, I've generally hated playing games on my PC. Yeah. So, I'm not the same way, I don't know why. I like having a dedicated, like, TV yeah, for the TV, games. Yeah. console, controller, the works. I mm-hmm. want that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So to play games on the computer was frustrating to me, but mm-hmm. I made an exception to play Psychonauts because this was before it made hit, hit consoles, which when it did go to console, it was PlayStation 2. So put that perspective for you. And also, I think the base Xbox eventually got it too. The original Xbox. Yeah, I think so. Oh, the original like uh, Xbox one. The pre- yeah, no, not Xbox, Xbox Prime. One. Xbox Prime. Oh, God. <laughs> I, Why'd they have to call it that? I don't... I, I have ideas, but it was a, still a dumb decision. Yeah, but like, so the <laughs> idea behind the game is that you are a kid that goes by the name of Rez, who is a he's a child of a circus performer, mm-hmm. lives in a circus, but he's always wanted to be a psychonaut, a psychic detective. So he runs away from the circus to go to this camp where they train the psychic kids to become psychonauts. But unfortunately, he is found out at the beginning of the game. So they call his parents to come pick him up, and his parents are expected to show up to get him within like two days. But during the course of waiting for his parents to come pick him up, weird things start happening around the camp, and he is trying to steamroll his his psychonauts training while at the same time helping to solve this case of who is stealing children's brains. Children's brains. Actual steal, actually stealing their brains. Oh, interesting. So... As a psychonaut, with I, from what I understand, like he, they actually go into people's like psyches. Yes. Like so, they're are they physically inside people's brains? Or are they projecting themselves into their into like their subconscious? Or how does that work? I want to say that technically they it's like like in their subconscious, but they never outright had a guy outside doing the thing. So. <laughs> For the yeah, so like, like the Matrix style where there's like a thing plugged in their brain and they're doing something else. Yeah, so yeah. from the perspective of the game, let's just say they go into their brains. Mm-hmm. Um, but while you're in there, you're bas- it's like a platforming adventure. But it's like a combination of platform adventure and just genuine, typical adventure game. Because it's not a ton of combat in the game. Mm-hmm. There is combat, but it's more about solving puzzles and finding your way around and locating objects like old adventure games were. Okay, yeah, that sounds cool. So... The idea, though, is that while you're in their brains, you're like it's very thematic in this <laughs> that you're um you're doing all kinds of things like you're trying to you're trying to clear out their emotional baggage, quote unquote, which uh-huh. means you're finding actual luggage and <laughs> luggage tags and combining them to clear out the emotional baggage. Okay, um, you find memories mm-hmm. of the people, mm-hmm. and the memories are like film clips showing like history, like their life history, oh, okay, like what okay. made them who they are. Interesting, yeah. So it's yeah. a very cool game, not just solving the main story. Mm-hmm. But there's the dialogue, the writing, and also just learning about the people whose minds you're inhabiting. Now, the track itself that's being played takes place in the world of a woman named Gloria. I'm not going to tell you why you meet her or why you're in her head or anything. Okay. That's part of the game. That's the the happy flowers. The whole thing is. The whole thing is. Oh, okay. So her entire stage takes place in one area, like one Mm. specific place. It's a stage, like a like a play stage, and there is a stage setup 
where a bunch of like weird yellow like monster looking kids come out and they perform her life because she was an actress. Oh, interesting. So these kids, they like they, they 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 act out and play out what her life was, and because she's passed. Yeah, no, she's alive. She's alive, but okay. it's her past. Okay, so it plays out her life in the form of a play. Okay, so it'll be like, hey, hi, I'm Gloria. I am the famous actress, and today I'm here to perform this. And there's like other kids. <laughs> they're all like these, like these little like Brimmon-looking creature people, mm-hmm. but they're all performing. So Happy Flowers is like a very happy aspect of her life. And how she, the happy aspect of how her upbringing was like, I'm going to perform and my mom loves me and da 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 da. And then later on, you're able to, it's like you find the mood light and the director of the play tells you, don't hit that light because if you do, you it affects the mood of the play. So it shifts it. But when you hit it, it goes to the dark side of her past. Oh, neat. And it's like, uh-huh. it's not, oh, my mom loves me. I'm looking forward to the play. It's like, my, I wish my mom would come for me. And they're like, your mom abandoned you. No one cares about oh, you. Oh, darn. The, so Hagatha's home is the dark side of, yeah. her, of her life. Happy Flowers is the positive side of her life. Oh, I see. So that's why we got both. No, they're, they're, it, it's so funny because listening to Happy Flowers, when, we, when you first put it on, I was like, this sounds like happy in like quotation marks, like kind of happy, but there's something kind of something else happening in the background and when you think about it it kind of is because <laughs> it's not real it's like not, yeah it's, it's like her it's it, the, the players in her mind putting this together like it's so that's cool i i do i am very interested in psychonauts how can i play psychonauts so i actually played some of it yesterday on a whim because i was getting nostalgic while choosing the track yeah so um you can actually download the PS2 port on your PS4 and play it there. Okay. Oh, I think I saw it on the on the the, the PlayStation like streaming network too. Yeah, it's probably on PS Now also. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't cool. surprise me. But like, I was playing it on PS4 last night. I oh, did. And it's still, I still like it. Like, it's got you know old style like 3D platforming issues here and there. Okay. Yeah. So like, might... you might be like, oh crap, I missed the jump. I might have some trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, but but it's like it's not. It's like not, if you miss the jump, oh, it's punishing. It's start it's, all over again. Yeah, this no. is more like an adventure, okay. not uh, not a test of your dexterity and whatever. Okay, that's except good. the meat circuits, but I, that's another story entirely. Well, well, that that's that's helpful. <laughs> that's helpful to me. Yeah, that's good. But like <clears throat> Psychonauts, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't come up as often as I probably should have it come up, Psychonauts is one of my favorite games that ever have ever been made. And that stands the reason, considering mm. the fact that it originally came out in the early 2000s. Wow, yeah, that, that's it's been out. And like for they a announced, long time. yeah, they announced Psychonauts two, in like like last year. Oh wow! Out of, on a whim, and it floored me because I've been waiting for Psychonauts two to exist. Do you think it's gonna come out, or do you think it's gonna be like the Final Fantasy seven? I think it could. I think, you think it, it could. You think it could, you could get, get legs? I think it could get legs. Um, um, just they can't go bankrupt until then. That's the only <laughs> thing. Um, but uh, this is like a pet project or pet drive of like Tim Schafer. Like this is that kind of game where it's like, hey, I don't know how profitable it'll be, but I want to make it. Mm. So that's how I believe it's got more. It got some hope to it. Like he could be like, let's make money over here with these other games, but ultimately. With some of that money, I want to get this game done and out because I want people to experience this vision I had. That's cool. And I want to be yeah. that person who experiences the vision because, again, everything about the concept of Psychonauts just screams at me. Like, you're in a psychic summer camp. Like, the track I almost picked for the episode is just, like, camp music. Like, 
like campground music. And it's got like this, like kind of like rusty, like like a, like a guy playing like a like a like a, like a rusty guitar, oh, like like sing, like sing around a campfire, singing type music. No, no, no. like like uh like like an like, old like dusty guitar, no, like okay. like yeah, like, almost like Wild Westy sound. Oh, neat, yeah, yeah. yeah. But which would have been an interesting theme because like two of my tracks were like Wild West esque. <laughs> um, but this is everyone should play this game. Mm. I like the xylophone part right here. It's just so good. Like you it's might really you might sit there and play it and go, ugh, the 3D platforming could totally use some work or the anti-aliasing is I'll, such as such. I'll, I'll I'll definitely be framing it in the space of, you know, this isn't, you know, an older 3D game. Yeah, even when it came out though, there were complaints about some of the 3D aspects because okay, okay. because I don't think they really got like I think Nintendo was like the main company that's like, we got a handle on 3D cameras. And a lot of other companies were like, okay, we're still working on it. We'll get it eventually. Oh, the camera work is kind of crazy. Yeah, but only in certain areas. Like, you're like, okay, I want to line up this exact thing and do this exact jump. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, nope. <laughs> you better just do it how we want you to do it, but you can finagle. You know the deal. Oh, okay, okay. But it's a game that I think everyone, including you, because this is about you playing games, but everyone should play this game to experience its story and the dialogue and the characters. Mm-hmm. If you like Salute Your Shorts back in the day from the Nickelodeon show, I, I, double reason you should I'm play gonna this I'm going to say, game. yes, I did, but I haven't seen it in about 30 years or more, so I don't know if I would still do. You, that's a sentence I you, said. You still would. I it's, still would, okay. It's the, it's the logic of, like, I've come up with this in the past, like, you shows you used to like, mm-hmm. like, let's just say, like, Super Marvel Super Show, that's come up recently with me. Right, right. And as an adult, if you, I'm reading these premises, I'm like, this is a stupid plot. But you watch this it. This premise is dumb. But if I watch today, which I have, like I watched a bunch of them in the last month or two, mm-hmm. it still entertains me because that kid is still in here mm-hmm. and he still likes what he likes. I know. Now, so I'm not going to put on like salute your shorts and be like, wow, there's a lot of problematic sexism and racism in this show. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> There could be. There could be because, I mean... You have the things where it's like a kid, like you might do the like, well, guy, the boys can't, like girls can't play football. In fact, there was a whole premise about that because Telly was a tomboy. Oh, I and keep, I of keep, course, I keep getting it mixed up with the show. Hey, dude, hey, dude, probably has a lot of stuff like that. But again, it's like, there's a certain, there's certain levels of it. Like mm. you can watch a show and go, okay, oh. it has stuff that now that I'm watching it and I have this present context in mind. That seems like it was kind of lame. But if you're watching it, aware of when it was produced. It wasn't offensive then. It's not offensive now. It's just now you know, man, that doesn't work. Yeah, we shouldn't be teaching kids this. Yeah. Um, so you, you posted on Facebook recently a, a YouTube link. It was like some old. Oh, like, the Sega Star Kids Challenge. Yeah, these superstar like kid actors from the 90s doing like relay races. Yeah, so it was like. But, but it was all sponsored by, or it was all for um, uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Mad. Oh, no, no, it was a bunch. So what happened was. There was a, whole was bunch of, there was a lot going on there. It was weird. The company, video game company Sega sponsored. It was called the Sega Star Kids Challenge, and it was produced in 1992. Right. I actually recorded all of my TV on VHS because, oh boy, Sega! I know, well, this is cool. This is also the same way because all the commercials were still in there. Mm-hmm, they kept the commercials, wow. which was awesome. But, like, the idea behind this was that it was a bunch of, like, mm-hmm. 90s children's TV stars yeah. that were brought on and put into different teams, and each team represented a different chair, like Mothers Against Trunk Driving, and oh, Easter okay. Seals. Okay. Um, I 
can't even remember the freaking other two. But there were four charities and a bunch of kids from these different shows, and they competed in different events. And I remember being a child being like, where are they going to get to the Sega games? Because <laughs> they only ever did one video game, and it was Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Oh, okay. And it was like, get the high score on like Green Hill Zone. Um, but I was like, Sega sponsored this. There should be tons of games on here. I know, but then like the, the television shows, like, well, we got these kids superstars. They don't want to see a video game. They want to see. They want to see them slipping slides and falling into rivers and yeah. pole uh, vaulting or whatever the kids God, were doing. Was, I, I didn't like watch the whole. I mean, obviously, it was like two or three it was hours. Two hours, yeah. But I, I was like kind of flipping through it and I was like, that's kind of funny. And as a kid, though, at the time, even just despite my issues with not having more video games on it, it's an inter- it was an entertaining watch. And mm. you might even get a kick out of it now as an adult just going back and going, I remember that TV show. I remember those kids. Because it was something cool to be like, oh boy, that guy from Family Matters can't row a boat. <laughs> oh man! Well, they were doing this crazy like relay race with all these like they had to run through. Um, no, no, it was like a, it was like a big tangle full of wires. And what's her name from uh, Blossom? Um, Maya Bialik. Maya Bialik. And um, and she was running full speed into this thing. And then as soon as she got to it, she put the brakes on and was like, like pulling these these cords of like wire away, trying to get through it. It was just so funny. I'm like, oh my god, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't it was do also it. like, like little, running out. <laughs> there was also like a little something extra there where like some of the characters from the different shows, mm-hmm. they, were like, they put like different cast members on different teams. So you had like Zach, Kelly, and Slater from Saved by the Bell on three different teams. Oh, okay. So sometimes they'd be like competing directly <laughs> against each other. Like ah, clearly AC Slater is the better of the teenagers. Oh, Dude, or, Sega, Sega. When the Sega Genesis was out. Sega ruled, man, everything on TV. They were all over the place. They announced them as like Sega leading the 16-bit revolution with the <laughs> Sega Genesis. Oh, man. It was like, like that whole like Sega. And even like they had that one um, thing where it was like, Sega! Mm-hmm, that was when it got more extreme, quote extreme, unquote. Yeah, with, with Sonic starting eating chili dogs. But the, the whole... <laughs> the chili That's his favorite food. That's his favorite food. Um, but yeah, it was all over the place. And, and seeing that reminded me of that, how like... Sega was huge. It was enormous. And I think it's sad because, like, I was mm. talking, I, I've come across a few forums recently where, like, people were being, like, kind of jerky about, like, the Saturn. Because, like, recently the Saturn had its, uh, was it 25 year anniversary or something like that when mm. it first came out? And some guy was like, the big, what killed Sega? <laughs> Snart. And I'm like, Sarah, so listen, like, no, it really didn't. Though, yeah. admittedly, it did lose them a lot of money because of the fact the system retail... It, it cost so much to pr- produce yeah. it, and yeah. they couldn't get their money back. Yeah, but they, they went out and and and, um, and really invested into the Dreamcast, which was successful for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah. Thing, I stand by my belief that what killed Sega... <laughs> there's an episode of Will and Grace where the Se- there's, there's, um, they're at a, a, a kid's, like a, like a toy store, and there's just a row of Dreamcasts really? in the background. So they totally paid to get them up there. Yeah, right yeah, there. it was a huge... It must have right have been... It must have been right around when when it came out. What was it? Was it, it 1999. 1999. Nine, nine, the day nine, after nine, my nephew right? was born. September. That's um, how I. That's the easiest way from here. It came out the day after my nephew was born. So this is an early episode of Will and Grace. If it came around like 99 or 2000. Um, but yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, wow. Look, I remember the box. Remember the, how the box looked and mm-hmm. everything. I, I, I didn't. I cut you off. I, didn't, oh, I was stop. Just remembering an old TV show where I was like, oh, look, the Dreamcast. Cool. Yeah, but like the Dreamcast, when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was considered a revolutionary system. Oh, yeah. And the online play. It was the, the first CDs. one to have built-in online, yes, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, the media, the disc media was better than anything that had come out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all the press junkets were speaking its praises, but it wouldn't sell well 
Because people knew PlayStation 2 was coming. Uh, people wanted a DVD player, and they were like, well, I could buy a DVD player and a PlayStation, or um, I could buy a DVD player and a Dreamcast, or I could just buy the PlayStation 2. But that's and just that the- was the argument I got when I worked at EB. But that's the thing that that was even that was after the scissor because like, people knew oh, you were saying, oh before it came out before it came out like, oh. I remember talking to people not, and saying oh. you should get a you should get a Dreamcast this thing is great and they go I want to but PS2 is only coming out like a year and I don't want to spend my money on Dreamcast and have to have two systems so I'm just going to wait mm-hmm. so they would seriously wait they intended to wait a year or more because PS2 didn't come out to 2001 uh, they waited that long you know, I can, just I, to get it. I only think that's crazy because I think the Dreamcast is my favorite console that I, that I've owned in the past. Like that, yeah, I think it's the best. It like, was it was Sega saying, you know what? This is our last hurrah. We gotta throw anything out there. They got weird. It was just it was a, they had a bunch of weird games. The controller was weird, not that comfortable. Like I just loved everything about it. Like the the the, the triggers were analog. Mm-hmm. It was just a neat. It was a neat thing. It, it was, was a fun a, fun fun game. It was just a splendid fun game system. Yes, <laughs> it was a fun system. You didn't know what to expect from it. Yeah, and I think if the system had more had more going for like people were buying it I think it would have only gotten better because there would have been money backing the product like look at the Switch now like if people weren't adopting the Switch like they are Mm -hmm. do you think most of the games we're seeing would have existed on it no because people wouldn't have saw it as profitable and they would have abandoned it Switch is I think is like the perfect hybrid of game console for the TV handheld touchscreen like it's it's really got everything for like a not, not, I'm not saying like it's only family games, but for the full family, so that people could like, oh, I can still watch TV and play the game, or I can take it around and do this or that. Like it's it's hitting everything. It's a perfect machine. Yeah. Like I've seen people on the internet mm-hmm. trash talk the Switch, like <laughs> it's not 1080p or <laughs> it's 60 frames per second. It Good luck. It doesn't need to be. Like the Sega Genesis was awesome, and it was only you know so many colors and so many pixels. Like who cares? I showed you that thread where the guy tried to jump down my throat because I was like, I'm looking. For forward to uh, was a uh, god was like god war or something like that one of those like monster world type monster hunter type games okay 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 it yeah. was coming out on this they got announced for the switch it's like oh man i would have loved to have gotten that on the switch over the playstation and like within 15 minutes i got dog pile like <laughs> you know it's not even 1080p right you know actually um if i play it on my pc anyway they, they were basically dog uh, piling yeah. being, being jerks about me wanting it on the switch i'm like i don't really care about it being 1080p you know, or 65 All that matters to me is that it comes out on something that I've already paid for because yes. game systems are expensive. Yes, they are. And I'm not buying them all. That's for sure. Uh-huh. And honestly, well, I have them all, but I feel like I was telling myself I wasn't going to do it and then I did, but next gen may well be the first gen where I'm like, I don't own all three systems. Or because it's just, probably four at this point because there's talks of like some guys coming back into the game. Who were we talking to? It was, um, it was Mark. And Mark was asking me for some financial advice. And I said, you got to talk to Christy, my wife, because, <laughs> because she, she knows where, what, how money works. She knows all that. Like, that's her job. Mm-hmm. I'm only good with money because I, I don't spend it. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at being frugal. I'm good at like being like, you know, I don't need that right now. And then video games pass me by. <laughs> see, I need that power because I'm frugal <laughs> except with video games and board games. Yeah, they see, and, yeah they're exciting. That's yeah, cool. I, they, they make me happy to buy and I like experiencing the newness mm-hmm. of them all but if I didn't care about either I'd save so much <laughs> so much because I don't care about anything else monetarily. Like I get, I get by cheaply everywhere else. Mm. 
It's like that stupid meme from Sarah Scribble Comics where everybody's like, she's like, new books came out. She just throws money in the air with like her like fur oh, coat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's me with games and board games. But um, I love how like we're just like, this is like a fun ramble topic. No, we're just, it's, yeah. But it's a good topic. It's a good topic. That, it's some good music. But like it's just the fact that with Sega, like it, the Dreamcast did so many things nicely. Mm-hmm. The Switch mm-hmm. is kind of like that. I've heard people describe it as Dreamcast 2.0. Well, I've heard, well, only in the sense that it was... No, 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 no. I was just going to make a dumb joke. Continue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's in the sense that everyone expected the Switch mm-hmm. to fail mm-hmm. because the Wii U kind of failed. Yeah. And, but it's doing what the Dreamcast did, only it's actually selling, which is amazing in that right. Like, yeah. it's well, doing this weird, quote-unquote, revolutionary thing. Well, it's got, it's got a lot of... I mean, it's got... It's got the stuff that people want. It's got the Smash Brothers. It's got the Legend of Zelda, which is amazing. It's got the new Mario game, which is very good. So it's it's not just all of these things. It's all of these things plus the power of Nintendo's um, intellectual properties. Yes, and that's something. Honestly, but that's I'm enough. not going to buy a Switch because I heard the PS5 is coming out next year. Oh, oh, oh Zingo! Oh, <laughs> all right, so we we should keep going on with the show. This is the part of the show we call the bonus round. Well, actually, it's the bonus round. It's just two words, few syllables there, you know. But gee, <laughs> way to get, way to get by with that blunder, Robert. I can't believe I tried to just make a part a part of our show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements, and you just get all up on me that it's not 4K. That's right. It's not 4K. That actually, I'm not Robert. that I'm not producing my show at 320, you know, kbps. I'm sorry, the bit rate on this show was just way too hello, Robert. But we're stereo. Oh, in that case, all's <laughs> forgiven. Stereo. <laughs> stereo output. Well, yes. If you're listening to us in the car, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the, this is the bonus round part of our show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And so for my track, I picked another game that it's pretty recent, but everything I see about this game, it looks, it just screams, Rob Nichols needs to play this game. And it is Dead Cells. So this is a super hard um, side-scrolling platformer. That's where you have a sword and some things and it's, everything's out to kill you and it's procedurally generated. Mm Mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard people claim game of the year for it last year. It looks awesome and it looks super hard. It and sold one friend on the Switch system. I almost wanted to play it on the go. So I bought I bought um, just beats and shapes this morning. I almost got this game instead. Oh, um, but yeah, it's two apparently equally difficult games. So um, this is a remix. Um, it's from an album called the Dead Cell Dead Cells Remixes, and I believe the um, the remix the re- the remix is from the game, but from the same um, composer. Mm. Uh, of the original music. And this track is called Neon Promenade 1997, composed by Johan Laulin.
was Neon Promenade 1997 from the game Dead Cells, or this is a remix from the game Dead Cells, um, originally composed and then arranged by Johan Laulin. Oh. Yeah, very cool, right? It's like very like dark, cyberpunky. Now I don't know anything about Dead Cells. Is it, is it supposed to be like futuristicy kind of kind of cool thing? Or is honestly, it... I'm I'm not a hundred percent based there. To what I do know about the mm-hmm. game is like levels that take place in like a sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, the first area, Ooh, sewer, is sort of a. I city. get to play in a sewer. You get to play in a sewer. And, Finally, and you can die in a sewer. Isn't <laughs> it great? Finally. A- a chance for me to live my fantasy of dying in a sewer. That's right. Yes. How often can that happen? Don't answer that. Not, question. not frequently. <laughs> but like the idea is, I, I know sorry, you're I, like I, a weirdo. Just joking. Uh, you better be. Yeah, you all, I mean, Wait, you were? You know that. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that I know you're like this weird. Like you were a former prisoner, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like a, like a weird fire head with like an eyeball cool and a body Neat. and you're trying to get to the end of this world mm-hmm. again the story premise i barely know I um but, but i all... know the gameplay is that it's a roguelike metroidvania type game mm-hmm. where you're trying to get through these areas very and combat walk. heavy very know. combat heavy yeah. reflex intensive no less too mm. and uh you get different equipment as you run through the game different levels of rarity and there are I want to. Call, I, don't, I don't think that's. I don't know what the technical term is in the game itself, but I'm just going to call them augmentations. Mm-hmm. Various like maybe they're scrolls. I don't know, but you can get like kind of brought, like permanent like skill buffs. Oh, like new moves and new skills and things like that. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. And um, even potentially open up shortcuts to areas, kind of like how Gungeon does it, mm-hmm. where if you do well enough, yeah. you get the right amount of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Shortcuts to new. Areas probably why this game's on my radar still. Yeah, it, it's. I've heard nothing but good things, and it's depressing that I'm even describing it in this way because it's actually at home on my game shelf for the Switch. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I already own it. I can just play it tonight if I want. You don't download the game, so yeah. No, I do. I, I don't. I, I try not to download. Like, if a game only exists digitally and I want it enough, I'll buy it. But mm. if I can get it physically and I know the physical exists, mm. you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. All right. So, what's your last track? So, I kind of did a similar thing to you, whereas <laughs> this is a remix, but it's from an official. Like OST release. Okay, cool. Um, the game I was going to recommend mm-hmm. to you is called Velocity Ultra and its sequel, Velocity 2X. Okay. Um, but in the scope of this, I wanted to fit into the bonus round, so I'm using the remix. I've never heard the of this album game. remix of the track I was originally going to pick. Cool. So this track is called Corp Drive, Johnny Martyr, the Johnny Martyr remix, and it's listed as composed by James Marsden. And Joris Demond, but <laughs> I'm going to wager that Johnny Martyr is the composer. I don't know. This is the official listing that I found, so Cor- I don't know. Chord, like, oh, like core drive, like C-O-R-P? No, like quarp, a word that doesn't exist. Oh, like, Q-U-A-R-P. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. And James Marsden? That's why I've written down here. James Marsden. You mean of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie fam? <laughs> You joke, but maybe it's the same guy. <laughs> we will see. I mean, he's he's got a lot of balls up in the air. He's 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 got he's very he's a very creative person. All right, let's go. <laughs>
Welcome back. You just listened to Corp Drive, the Johnny Martyr remix. Didn't sound like a track that a martyr would put out for me, but what am I going to do? What am I saying? What's that that game? The the beat em up game? Johnny Murder? Johnny. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sad because that's a game I love. Jimmy. No, it's Charlie Neutron. Murder. Charlie Murder. Jimmy Neutron. Charlie. Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> beat him up. Okay. Anyway, so, okay. So I've been trying to think of what this game is. I have no idea. I have no idea what Velociraptor. Um, Velocity. Velocity Ultra. Ultra. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is it a racing game? Nope. Oh, what is it? So it is a stage based um, space shooter. Hmm. But the premise isn't so much the shooting. But just traversing the stage. So you're trying to get to the end of the level as fast as possible. And the game's gimmick is that your ship can teleport. So you control it with the left thumbstick and there's like a fire button. But then the right thumbstick can be used to move the reticle to where your ship will teleport to. Mm -hmm. And then when you press the button, your ship will jump to where the reticle is. So you need to teleport through walls and around obstacles oh, and stuff. Neat. And there's also a boost button. So you're trying to do all of this and shoot enemies while getting through the stage as fast oh, as possible. Oh, this looks cool, Pernell. It's one of my... I love the game. I've I played never, it ever heard of this. This looks awesome. And then the sequel that they released added a different, a second type of stage where you'll be the ship, but then you'll go, you'll dock the ship and then you're on foot and you're running through like a little, like a inner internal corridor. Mm -hmm. So you're like shooting through like gates and like sliding and mess. And then you get back to the ship and you're flying again. (laughs) It's really good. Oh, that looks great. Yeah. No, that's a good pick. You picked something that, yeah, I love how you were like, I'm going to pick stuff that he might actually play. Yeah. That was the point. I love that. I love that so much. Not like, you know, Rob, this is like, this is like one of those games that all humans should have played before they die. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm not down with that. It's like, yeah, we're we're going to talk about Citizen Kane and all this other stuff today. I'm like, no, no. And don't get me wrong. If that was the general, the g- genuine topic, I could totally be like, these are games <laughs> I think belong in everyone's history yeah. in order to da da da. But, but even with like, that in mind, you don't like, have to This have is the one. fun Pixar movie you know I'm going to watch. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. And, and I think it fits because these are all games where I'm like, okay, not only do I think you should play them because I think you genuinely like them, but mm-hmm. in most cases, I feel like they fit within your time constraint issues. Mm-hmm. I think they fit within your style of gameplay, Psychonauts being the possible exception. Mm-hmm. But with that, I'm like, I want to recommend it so badly that I think you just deal with it. <laughs> you push through <laughs> it. Um, but it's that's, I think that's part of what makes yeah. this topic so good. It's like uh, it makes you it made me think more than just these are all great games. It's mm-hmm. no what are the great games specifically that would be specifically of interest to you? That's good. So this is this is, this is an episode only you could really do because like you know me pretty darn well. You better believe it. Yeah. Though I'm still interested in what mm-hmm. other listeners, what the listeners have. I think, um, I want to say Wicked Sephiroth even recommended a yeah, game to you. Yeah, what was, uh, I could look at my email right now, but I'm not going to. It was NBA Jam 95. It was not. No. And I think he knows you more <laughs> better than that. He's like, uh, like NBA Jam is a game Rob would like. No, he wouldn't. Uh, I mean, you, don't, you don't know. You, you, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a space space it's a it's a bullet hell nba game anyway um <laughs> actually kinda, that would be a wacky game that uh, i would love to see like um maybe like cyberball you know cyberball you play cyberball Mm-mm. um i'm part of a facebook group of people who just buy and sell classic arcade games and i don't i'm not in the market for buying any games but i love looking at these old um because people fix them up before they sell them and like it's just these amazing um cleaned up 
classic 90s and 80s arcade games. And Cyberball was, I think it was like a football game, but with robots. And the arcade version was um, two-on-two. And it was actually a big, it looked like two cabinets like kind of like melded together, facing in different directions, oh. with like two joysticks on either side. It was, it's a, I don't remember if the game was great, but I remember playing a lot of it. Because my brother liked sports, and I liked spaceships and future things and shooting things. <laughs> so it was like, let's play Cyberball. Remember that it was a baseball one? It was um, for the NES. It was called, uh, I mean, that was, I mean, that was Cyberball. It was like androids playing baseball. But when you like... Oh, that was on the NES. I'm like I'm Cyber Base Wars. Cyber Base Wars. I and loved it. And then you go to like second base and you had to like fight for it. <laughs> that game was stellar for me. Yeah, it was that, cool. To put it in perspective, I didn't play sports games at mm-hmm. all back then, with the exception being like bases loaded, being a game I would actually boot up of my own accord, yeah. own volition. But Cyber Base Wars... Spoke to me. The, the robots had crazy ro- hit points and stats. Yeah, you upgraded them and gave them like weapons and like better like engines to run faster. Yeah, it was just it was crazy. A great game. Yeah. and I would I would play that today. Yeah, like, that, that, easily. I would. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun to do. All right. And so, before we change topics, I did look up because I had to. Okay. So like, Wicked Sephiroth suggested you play StarCraft Two. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, StarCraft Two and Warcraft. Now, Chris Murray suggested Warcraft 2 in Heroes of those Heroes of Might and Magic. I, I, I was like, yeah, like a lot of strategy games, um, which I'm interested in. So but I think I can probably play some of those through the browser. So maybe. Anyway, um, for more information on our bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to the artists, uh, band camps and band camps and YouTube pages and everywhere. Band camps. Band camps. Band camps. Um, everywhere where you can buy the music and support the artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 18-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our look at games that Purnell thinks I should be playing. No, no, you should. Just wasting my time. No, you should be playing. (laughs) And, of course, if you're listening to this track, which you are because you're listening to the episode, you know I had to get Persona in here because... uh, yeah, that's the one I always tell me to play. Yeah, so, but I didn't want to take well, up a, a full-on track with it's it. It's also like a really important game to you, you know. Yes, and, it I, and I like Persona Three. I, I, I like the idea of Persona. <laughs> I'm like, I. It looks neat. It looks like something I'd be interested in. The music is there. The uh, the aesthetic, the um, the artwork, and everything. This game is legit good to me, and I'm looking forward to Five Royal coming out because I feel like I can't guarantee it because I'm not behind the development of it, but. I have a feeling they may, they actually have a chance at fixing the few things about the game I did not like by virtue of the fact that they're extending the length of it. Mm. So I'm looking forward to seeing that play out, and I'm going to probably end up buying it because of that, but we'll see. Um, but I do I admit that while I like the joke concept of, Rob should play more games. <laughs> I will admit the trade-off mm. is that when he's not playing games, he has this, he has this penchant for being productive. Which results in weird things like I don't know, uh, radio station, and the actual editing of the show. Yeah, like so. when I'm like, oh, I have free time. I should, I go. Oh, uh, I'm interested in game development. I'm interested in music. I'm interested in you know more show production stuff. I'm interested in other shows. I'm interested. There's too much. Yeah, like like I'm never like I can never say that I'm ever bored of something because I'm always like interested in other things. So then when it comes think- to like video games, I'm like, ooh, I could no. 
I gotta make more progress in the thing that I'm already doing. And it just, it feels weird. And it's a, it's a, it's, I don't think it's healthy. It actually makes me laugh a little bit because I just watched Hot Fuzz last night. <laughs> and I feel like that was like a major point of the movie even where the main character was so obsessed with being a cop <laughs> that everyone was like, you need to learn how to not be a cop sometimes. Turn it off yeah. and just have some fun. Oh man, I'm, I'm like the be. slacker and Rob's the guy that's like constantly feels the need to work. I'm like, Rob, you should just stop working sometimes and learn to play a game. <laughs> I'm gonna burn out. Well, I'm, I'm going on vacation soon, so um, I can't do anything on vacation. I'm just gonna be driving. A lot. <laughs> that's the most. That's not a vacation. At least that component. You'll be well, driving. Well, driving's good. That is true. I mean, like I like I drove to I drive like up and down the East Coast here and there, and people think I'm weird for it. I'm like I just honestly, there's something about being in the car, mm-hmm. having your music playing, yeah. sometimes video games, sometimes shoegaze or whatever I'm listening to, and just being out on the road by mm-hmm. myself feels good. Now. I'll admit, mm-hmm. I think it would be a different but enjoyable dynamic if I had a passenger, because then I'm talking about random stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny with Christy because it's like being in the car puts her to sleep real fast. <laughs> so it's like you're driving alone, yes, except sorry. now you have to also worry about if she's hungry, has to go to the bathroom. Well, I mean, she just lets me know. But that's my point. Though. I have to, I have to, I have to I'm watch. not saying you have to gauge it. I'm saying you, like, if someone else has to pee, yeah. you have to pull over. Whereas I, just, I'm only uh, pulling over. I got to pee. Going. I'm just watching her hunger meter, you know, go up, and then <laughs> it's like it's like the Sims. But um, but yeah. So um, this has been games I should be playing, and um, I don't think we have anything scheduled for next week. But we have a really cool interview scheduled for next week. I'm not sure what episode we're going to put it in. But yeah, that's, that's really exciting. I agree, and it's it's honestly an interview with an entity. I'm not going to say because obviously it's a spoiler, and plus, if something weird happens, I don't want to that. <laughs> but um, it's an entity that I've actually had a genuine interest in for a long time, so yeah. it it works out pretty well to be on our show. Yeah, well, um, we will say it is a game developer, and, and we're excited about that. So. Here, here, um, and it's in our wheelhouse too, which is great. I've been saying wheelhouse a lot because wheelhouses are awesome. Where I'm, I, who's whose house? As wheels. To have wheels. <laughs> well, people used to like, you know, I wonder if people probably slept in stage coaches. Yeah, all right, there you go. Yeah, I mean, like the first Chris, mobile like home. If I, if I, yeah, exactly. If I was driving her, you know, somewhere and she, my, Christy would fall asleep in, yeah. the, in the stagecoach. In the stagecoach, there. In the stagecoach, you could have like a little sarsaparilla stand, you know, because yeah, people drank that back then. Sarsaparilla, I just yeah. said that. We got we to gotta find that. Sarsaparilla? Why not? Yeah. That would be delicious. Yeah, yeah. Like some weird, weird, like hipster thing that we could like. It's oh, it's homemade, um, organic sarsaparilla. We're trying to bring it back. Bathtub mint juleps. <laughs> well, if you would like to know more about our show, um, go to the website rhythmandpixels.com. And if you have any questions for us, um, if you have any topic suggestions or track suggestions, please send us an email rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com um, if you'd like to say hi to us on social media um, we're always up for a conversation go to um, facebook.com or twitter or you can go to instagram and it's it's usually rhythm and pixels all one word I'm on facebook we have a group called rhythm and pixels chat you can look that up and, and join there and there's a lot of people talking um, if you don't like Facebook because of your whole identity thing, make a fake identity just for the sake of joining the group. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if you're like, oh, well, why, why did a why did a robot join? 
As long as we know that you're not like one of those like hate bots from like Russia, it's all good. Exactly. <laughs> I actually know some people where like they mate like I a actually dummy. know some Russian hate bots. No, not so bad. <laughs> they're great guys. No, they're not. They're horrible. No, but like I've I've come across people who hate like the whole Facebook entity so much. Oh yeah. But yeah. they've created like a dummy profile where they don't put any of their personal information on there. Yeah. Just so they can join groups and be like, hi, this is actually me. Mm-hmm. You'll never get my location off of here or anything, but we can talk games. Yeah, that's know? cool. Um, oh, if you want to see, uh, you want to chat with us on Discord, we have a Discord server. You can check that out. It's linked on the website. It's in the little uh, little uh, toolbar at the top of the uh, the website. Like, do you even search Discord for specific? Groups? I don't think so. Like, if you click, it's like an open invite essentially. If you click it, it's like you get invited into the into the server. Oh, cool. Which I, mean, I guess could be um, taken advantage of by Russian hate bots. But so far, so good. That's right. None have popped up I, yet. I, you know, the, the, the Prince of Zamunda has not yet asked for us to transfer our money into his account. Wicked, wicked Sephiroth. Or vice versa. Could or could not be. We're also holding out. You nah, could. he's a friendly guy. He's wicked, but he's actually got a heart of gold. But he is a Sephiroth. Um, if you want to go to, uh, we have a YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, all of our new episodes are usually posted there the same day, if you want to listen to the show there. Um, we also have a 24-7 radio station of nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classic music, and I've just made a huge update to that, and I know that Pronounce got a huge list of tracks in his brain, brain, I got a, brain pants. See, you're saying, and it goes back to like <laughs> what we were talking about earlier. How when Rob gets productive, he does things. Rob will make updates to the chat. This is like goofus and galant. Yeah, just like mean? Rob will go out and make the updates to the site. And I'm like, I have these great ideas to update the site, and then I just don't get around to uh, it because I'm bouncing around. I a think lot. I think the real problem is that I'm a control freak. <laughs> is that I just I'm like I have to I have to be in control of all of these things. Gotta get them done. Gotta get them done. I'm like I'll get. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. But that's There's fine. some tracks. Yeah, you make a list. It's it's cool. Uh, check it twice. Check it twice. And if you want to support our show, the listener, if you'd like to support our show, just share the podcast. I don't care. It's on Twitter or Facebook. Just be share like, the show. Whatever. Do or, what you want. Or not. I'm not <laughs> your dad. <laughs> Do whatever. I want. <laughs> well, we always appreciate that. Um, make a little shouts online. It's always nice to see. Or if you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels, and you can support us there as well. Uh, being a supporter of the show, you get access to monthly live streams of us recording the show of us just sitting around talking chatting you can crack jokes with us and it's a good time we also like to thank all of our supporters at the end of every episode so we want to thank that nick walker alex the messenger messenger steve miller the autistic gamer 89 cameron worma um his brother was actually on the most recent episode of Edge show bg embassy talking about oxen free yeah which i had to stop listening to because i'm going to play that game you really should. It's, it was it was our game of the month a few months ago. I loved it. I'm going to play that game. Speaking of episode topic. Oh, God. That game you should play. Uh, I want to thank Christopher Shenstrom, Damian Beckles, Bobby Arson of the band One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala! Exclamation, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast where they talk about Kung Fu movies. Watch out. Uh, thank Henrik Anderson of the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitts, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray, Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary, Mix Six Master John Jekyll, Joe Vassalo, Chris Steenerson, and David Smith. I love you all. You're all wonderful human beings. You are all incredible people, and we will... I don't know. I had a joke and I lost it. Anyway, that's good, right? You, you guys get a joke that could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Actually, speaking of which, I think um, one of those guys, I have it written down at home, but that's how I flashed me. Someone suggested uh, a game to discuss being Bravely Default. Hmm. And I think I was like, I'm going to try to record myself talking about that tonight okay. and see if I can churn some butter. It's got so, some good music. Um, DJ Cutman has done some really good remixes from Bravely Default. Really? Yeah. Really that would be stuff. pretty awesome. The only thing that sucks about talking about DS games, I don't know how to how to capture footage from them short of modding it, and I don't want to do all that nonsense. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think it's a mod situation. There might be something for it, but I think... Unfortunately, that's where it's at. Might just have to be like, well, mm. if I talk about this game, there will be no footage, at least not from me. Yeah. And call it a day. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to the show. It's Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a safe week. See you next week. And remember, this is going to kind of seem weird to people who are not big on enviro stuff, but whatever. I want to say it anyway. <laughs> um, we are... Uh, we. I can't speak for everybody, but I like to indulge in whatever I want to give. I want to get something cool to eat, I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go grab a bunch of junk off the shelf to pay for it, I'm going to pay for it. And usually it all gets shoved into plastic bags because I'm lazy and I don't want to carry it all home. However, plastic is kind of crappy and we really should be trying to phase it out as much as positive, mm-hmm. as decent a way as we can. Um, and I think any steps towards phasing out plastic is a great thing. Um, at least to be more specific, needless plastic. Obviously, if you're going to, if it's something you'll use, you should use packaging. It. You don't, yeah. yeah but the packaging. packaging, yeah, yeah. So an easy thing to do, which I've been doing recently, and I actually was inspired by Rob and his wife. But I've kind of gone really weird into it. Is that uh, hmm. I don't get plastic bags from stores anymore. Good. I only, I what I do is I have normal bags like those, like. Felt reusable bags, mm-hmm. um, and I just use those. However, if I'm at the grocery store and I happen to forget plastic bags, and as penance, I will just buy reusable bags and then <laughs> give them away to people who don't have them. Oh, what about the bag you always carry with you? I can't fit groceries in my messenger bag. <laughs> Are you daft, man? <laughs> but it's enough to just be like enticing to say, hey, I don't need to carry this stuff in a bag. And mm-hmm. honestly... Something they just give you bags for reasons you don't even need them. You go to Wawa, they'll give you a bag for a thing that doesn't go in a bag. Yeah. It's so absurd. I just want to put some gas in my car. Would you like a bag, sir? I don't bag my gas. I, I've, I've been going on my way to, to like to tell them I don't want a bag. Just don't do not do it. And that's why I've been doing too late, because yeah, yeah. if you don't, they'll give it to you. Yes, yeah, so if you don't need it, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do and, it. And it seems kind of corny and stupid, and you're like, what the heck's the point? I need a bag. I'm going to get a bag. Like, But if one person doesn't take a bag today... Mm. It's one person. But if every listener to this show didn't take a bag today, it's a lot of bags that didn't go used. Yeah. And if every person who doesn't listen to the show didn't take a bag, holy crap! <laughs> so, I mean, just putting it out there, you know, make the effort. Give it a shot. It started out kind of irksome for me, and then eventually I realized I really didn't need bags that much, so I just good. don't. And it's kind of nice to not be that guy patting my closet <laughs> with bags of bags stacked to the hills. So give it a shot. See what you think. Mm-hmm.